Hello and welcome back to Eurotrips Football Podcast. We're here for another week of domestic European football action. And with me, I've got my three regulars. I've got with me Naeem, Jonathan and Ryan. How are you all? Good. Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Good to hear, good to hear. Um, obviously, Champions League is back and yeah, football, I think after a long break due to, you know, international football and for, in terms of English football, the Queen dying as well. Um, it's good now to have a regular sort of a regular routine. I mean, it was nice for me watching, obviously, the games on it much earlier in the day, but I think it's just nice to have all the football back and just sort of having much more talking points. Um, but we are going to head first to one of the more exciting leagues this season in Italy. So let's head to Ryan for our Serie A chat. Yeah, I mean, there's only really one place to start. The fact that the current top six in the league all won at the weekend. Obviously, Napoli and Atalanta are tied at the top on 20 points apiece. Udinese, they, they won again, continuing their brilliant start to the season. Uh, Lazio, Milan and Roma, they all were, you know, three or four points, you know, in it between sort of first to sixth, which is incredibly exciting. Juve, they did win at the weekend. It was a crucial win for them. 3-0 winners, so that'll take a little bit of the, the heat down from Max Allegri, but they're still, even at this stage, seven points off the top, which isn't, you know, an insurmountable task, really, because so many teams are in it, so many of the top six, seven, eight, beating each other so there are definitely points to be won throughout the season obviously we're only eight games in as well um, and the first obviously, game of the weekend Napoli they, they got all three points against Torino the the big game really of the weekend was in there against Roma at San Siro and uh, it was actually a really good game we watched the whole game um, and I was quite impressed with Chris Morland in particular who's obviously really you know, rejuvenised his career since leaving United. In my opinion, should be back in the England setup ahead of the World Cup. He got one of the goals, really good header, great free kicking, and Roma just looked really good throughout the entire game. Looked on top, and I felt towards the end, Inter's pressure should have really got them a another goal, and the points could have been shared. But it was a massive result for for Roma, who really. Um, should be higher up in the table and it was the first time this season Inter have actually been beaten at home so great result for them uh, Milan they were the late game on Saturday they got all three points as well away to Empoli and to be fair it was quite a dull game really uh, they went 1-0 up and then it wasn't really until the 89th minute in which Empoli got an equaliser and Milan then scored two goals within the final two minutes so Crucial win for them in uh, their hunt for a another Squadetto this season. Lazio continued their really good form as well. They four near winners at home to Spezia. Atalanta got a good win at home to Fiorentina, who can be a tricky team to play against. They got that one nil win. The biggest win is actually from the weekend was Swallow like five nil at home to Salernitana, who uh, have been no mugs this season. So again, really really good results for the top six teams. And uh, as I mentioned, Udinese, the surprise team at the moment, they're up there. They got a 2-1 win on Monday against Verona. 
So it's still very much all to play for. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the, how all the obviously all the clubs get on at the weekend. Um, we're not going to go through the the European fixtures that's for another podcast but in terms of this weekend's matches really again the, the biggest one is on a Saturday at 5pm AC Milan at home to Juventus I'm looking forward to that one because although Milan won last weekend uh, they lost last night uh, quite heavily as well uh, they have been missing players so hopefully for them they, they're able to bring some of those back against Juve that Juve, I mean, that's still without a lot of key players as well. Di Maria will be back um, on his suspension after, obviously, he played in the Champions League this week. And uh, in terms of the other big teams playing this weekend, you've got Roma should get a win at home to Lecce. Napoli should win away to Cremonese. And then a sort of nearly a top-of-the-table clash between Udinese and Asalama. That one will be a complete... 50-50 game, I think, should be quite exciting. And probably that's what I'm looking forward to the most, apart from Milan and Juventus. And then obviously we finish on the Monday with Fiorentina against Lazio. So, yeah, still uh, still the most exciting league going. And uh, hopefully some good fixtures to come this weekend. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned the European figures, which I won't mention too much, but obviously Napoli got a huge win on the Tuesday, and obviously they're joined top in the table at the moment with with Atalanta. Um, obviously, they've had a few misses recently. There was a year where I remember Koulibaly scored a goal against Juventus late on, but they still ended up on the losing side. And when they had, you know, Levetti, Hamsik, um, mm-hmm. Barney and all them, they could never quite get it done. But this season so far, albeit... There's very little points between you know first and fifth and sixth. But do you think this year, without you know without a powerhouse like Juventus they had back in their like, almost their golden era back in the day, and do you think now is now is a much more wide open league? Do you think that this year Napoli could you know finally do it and finally win that first Serie A in in God knows how long? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean the win the win against Ajax in the week was an incredible result. Considering, I mean, it was only recently that you know me and I watched Ajax, and they were very impressive. Um, although they didn't need to be, but they've been they've looked very good so far this season, and and to get beat so heavily at home was a, a little bit of a shock to the system, really. But for Napoli, not only to score six goals, but to have six different goal scorers is very very impressive. Obviously, Raspadori has made a big difference since coming in. You know, Kavara Tisilia is just an incredible talent, someone that's going to be talked about for a very, very long time. And he just continues to score goals and score goals this season. And, you know, when you've got goals coming from the likes of Giovanni Simeone, who was one of the top goal scorers last season in Serie A, you've got Zielinski in midfield, he got a goal. You know, the right back, Di Lorenzi, got a goal. Um, so they're, they're a very versatile team. They, all of their forward players can play sort of on the right, on the left, in the middle, which comes, you know, very handy. And another player that's been very impressive is uh, Zambo Nguisa in midfield. A real, really, you know, star player. And is going to be that in that centre of midfield for a very long time if they can keep hold of them. So 100%, they can, they can very well, you know, win the Serie A this season. But 
I still think it's probably between four or five clubs at the moment. Uh, I think Udinese will probably ultimately fall off a little bit. I don't think Atalanta will continue in the same form as well. But you can't write them off and eventually Inter Milan, they'll get their act together. They got a great win uh, home to Barcelona. And obviously, a lot of these clubs have got big players coming back from injuries as well. Probably the Juventus most notably. And if they can use, you know, get their act together, they'll be they'll be a powerhouse again. So very much wide open. Yeah, definitely. And I think it could be could be so. Um, one league that may well not be wide open come May is the Premier League, um, with Man City once again winning, winning really big. I mean, it was a 6-3 win over Man United, but really it was, that school does, that's all fat as Man United because that was, um, you know, 6-1 until the 90th minute. Uh, but we have to really start in one place in the Premier League and it's Erling Haaland. I mean, the start he's made to the Premier League is just outstanding. He's got 14 goals in eight games, which is um, 10 more than Salah got in the first eight games in his record-breaking season in 17-18. He now holds a record for the quickest time to score three hat-tricks in the Premier League, doing it just eight games. The next quickest was Mike Owen with 48. So that just shows how quick he's adapted to life in the Premier League. And um, it's just, I mean, he's already got as many hat-tricks as Drogba and Ronaldo in the Premier League. And they're two of the best, some of the best forwards in Premier League history. So I think the way he's going, he... He could, first of all, he's on record to get something like 80, 90 goals in the season, which obviously won't happen, but that's how good it starts being. Um, and yeah, it's just, you can't really find many words to describe how good um, he is. It's just, I mean, there was talk amongst ourselves, but also other podcasts and media. Was he going to adapt to the Premier League? You know, was he a pep kind of player? And so far, he's just proved everyone to be wrong and he's just been so amazing. Um, but obviously, Arsenal, you are the closest challengers to the moment. So I'll ask you boys on it. Um, so, Haaland, first of all, do you think he can go on to become the best, have the best individual goal scoring season in Premier League history? And secondly, um, I mean, how far do you think he can go in terms of like all time Premier League greats? Um. I'd say it depends on how long he stays at Man City, really, because the rate he's going, he pretty much averages what a brace a game, pretty much. Um, so I think, yeah, he if the way if he keeps going the way he's going, obviously he's not going to the World Cup, so he can easily score probably what another five to seven goals, maybe even more before before the World Cup. So yeah, in terms of being a Premier League great, I think he will probably go down as one of them, but. Yeah, we just have to wait and see, really. He started off well. Um, he's just pretty much a goal machine, really. Um, he's just really what Man City's been been missing. You know, obviously last season, you know, pretty much playing force nine most of the season. That did, you know, Jesus wasn't really playing that much um, as their obviously main striker. But yeah, obviously with 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 the amount of chances City create, yeah, he's. I think he will. He's going to be breaking a, a lot more records this season. Obviously, he's already broken the hat trick record. Um, obviously, three hat tricks. Uh, record in what eight games you said so yeah it's going to be a while until well I don't think anyone's going to uh, beat that record anytime soon so yeah I think he'll go down as a great really um, the, the way he's scoring his goal so yeah it's, it's interesting to see and I just hope he gets injured so you know we have a chance of you know finishing quite high this season yeah I think I mean 
he's on pace to set quite possibly, you know, the best uh, Premier League season ever recorded. I, I can't think of one that would be any better if he continues on this rate. So I always say hopefully he stays healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it just proves how good Man City could be with a true number nine. It's Twitter's been hilarious, constantly reposting the video of Sergio, Sergio Aguero saying, Pep saying how he, the, the club could never replace him. He was irreplaceable and then crying after. And now you have Erling Holland, who's, who's been that much better for him, just a cyborg. Um, so hopefully he can stay healthy. And if so, um, I'm not sure anybody for the foreseeable future could ever have a better season or keep up with this pace of efficiency that, that we've never seen quite before in England. And it's, it's a nice thing for Germany as well because uh, it helps out the Bundesliga tax situation that has been hovering over our heads for so long. Yeah, and also you mentioned his injury record a lot of times. And also you watch him a lot of times in a different league. And I actually want to get your boys' thoughts on this. The fact that, you know, um, his dad's come out with comments recently um, saying, I th- his quote starts saying, I think Erling wants to prove his abilities in all leagues. And then he may stay there in Massetti for three or four years at the most. He could be, for example, two and a half years in Germany two and a half years in England and then in Spain, Italy, France, right? So that is the quote Erling, um, Erling Haaland's dad, Alfie Erling Haaland, said recently. I think it was either just before, just after the Manchester derby. Um, in terms of that, does that, would that worry as a Man City fan? The fact that, you know, if you were one, um, the fact that as good as he's been right now, do you think maybe he may? Yeah. City is a great club. Do you think maybe the lure of Barcelona, or Real Madrid may just, um, steer him away from from the Premier League? Uh, there's a good chance Real Madrid will steer him away at some point one day, but if I was a Man City fan, I would enjoy the moment. You're never going to see anything like this again for the most likely, and I think they'll be just fine. Um, there's enough oil down in those wells where uh, they'll be able to scrounge up some money here and there for eh, a few other hundred million pound players, so I wouldn't be too concerned, no. No, I mean, they proved it over the years that even without Haaland, they still won with the back-to-back Premier Leagues. And even they won one year before that where Guerrero was there but wasn't really playing as much. I think, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Um, now, on to you, Ryan. We'll get your thoughts on this first. Of course, um, one of the other main talking points on the weekend was Arsenal's win over Spurs, um, which is a half-12 kickoff on the Saturday. Uh, they won by three goals to one. A brilliant goal from Partey. Uh, penalty from Kane, but then goals from Gabriel Jesus and Granit Xhaka after a red card for Emerson Royale. Of course, you guys currently lead the league with 21 points, one point clear of Man City. Now, I have the first start with an apology. I've been sort of critical of Arsenal in the past and saying that they haven't yet beaten a good team, but I think now they've showed that they can beat a good team on the weekend just gone, and I think that, for me, that shows to me that, yes, they are genuine contenders because, you know, they have gone out and beaten, and they're beating now a good uh, two good teams so I think I think yeah I think they are the real deal now um, but your thoughts on the game overall and the red card Ryan have we beat a good team have we <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. we're not, we're not say... Tottenham as a good team we're not <laughs> no, you can't. They, you can't they are so so bad how they are they, third, how was... they are third I will give them that and they they're third in the league but there's it's it's so undeserved 
it's incredible. The last few weeks, it it was the most confident I've ever gone into a North London derby without a shadow of a doubt, even though that they was so close to us in the league. I've watched a few of their games and they looked they looked very average and it was only because of the front three they were saving them in a lot of those games. They've been very poor the last few weeks. All of them, Kane, Son, obviously they've had Kulazewski out injured. Richarlison hasn't really done a lot. And it shows, you know, they were poor in the Champions League against Sporting, who beat them quite comfortably, even though they scored late goals. And, you know, they were poor against us. Um, we were very good. But the way that they're playing under Conte, it can't be fun for the Spurs fans to sit and watch. It's very boring football. Just to you know, to play counter attack in football is, is 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 so bad, you know. And to be camped in your first in your own area for the majority of that game, you know, they got out a couple of times. They didn't really make anything count. Um, they only got a goal and a way back into the game because we gifted them one for Gabriel's, you know, reckless sort of challenge in the box. Um, you know, they were they were. They felt that the red card was harsh. I don't believe it was harsh. If it was the other way around, on if it was Granit Xhaka, for example, it, you know, it would have been seen as a you know the same way, straight red card. And I can't see how how they can complain about that. And obviously, Hugo Lloris made an error for one of the goals. He makes a lot of errors, you know, throughout the season. Hugo Lloris, um, and. Ultimately, it was it was a comfortable win for us, really. I think we could have probably got four or five towards the end of the game. They took their foot off the gas a little bit, made a few substitutions, players that weren't maybe 100% sort of match fit. And we move on now. Um, I, I still maintain Spurs won't get in the top four, not playing that, that kind of way. You know, they were, they were really poor. I didn't watch it last night against Frankfurt. But the people who did, who I follow on Twitter, who are who are Spurs fans, they were they were fuming with how they played. Again, this, the front three were really really poor apparently. So I'd be extremely concerned. Uh, they've got no midfield either. I can't believe they didn't try and buy uh, a, a playmaker in the summer. You know, someone to sort of you know put those balls through to to any of the front three. And crucially, that's what they're they're missing so I'm um, not worried about them in the slightest Yeah I mean I also, I missed the game due to being on my travels but I did you know catch the highlights and I think the first angle I watched on so I was in a very good bar in Indianapolis uh, Chatham Tap um, Mass Avenue which is something I recommend to anyone who's in there but they showed all the three o'clock games they showed the early and the late game um, and I was, there, I was there quite a lot as a result and I met these people at the bar and they were saying that it wasn't a red card, but they were Tottenham fans. And then I looked at the replay and the first I saw, I thought, okay, that's not a red card. But then I looked at the angle, I looked back on the angle and on the watch, actual watch it in full flow and watched it again on the CBS highlights. And yeah, for me, I, I can't really disagree with the red card decision. I thought it was, it was bang on. Um, but of course, this does lead to a game on, um, Saturday, on Sunday, I think it is, um, involving... Mm. Mm-hmm. Three of our four guests' um, teams as Liverpool take on Arsenal at the Emirates. Um, now, Naeem, what what are your thoughts on that? Because Arsenal have got 
football side. They haven't got a great record at Anfield, but at the Emirates in recent years, the record's pretty good. I know they lost there last year, but a lot of years, you guys always give us a tough game at the Emirates. So I think that's something that worries me, especially with our form after our after our recent result against Brighton. So in terms of the game ahead, Naeem, um, obviously you've got a big win against Spurs. We just mentioned it. How are you feeling ahead of this this upcoming weekend? I'm feeling feeling quite confident. Um, I think it's the best time, or the best time to play, really, because like you said, you haven't been the greatest this season. Um, your defence has not looked um, the way it has done in previous years. So I think if any time, this is probably like the best time to play you. Um, it's it's going to be important if party plays because uh, him and Jack are in that midfield. They're just they've been working well together this season. So I think yeah. Us being at home, that gives us the advantage. You know, we've won all our home games so far this season. Um, and, yeah, obviously, compared to, obviously, last season when we played you, um, yeah, this this is this is the best best chance to get a result. If we can get get a, a win against you, then, yeah, I'm, I, know, I, know I, did, I know at the start of the season I didn't predict us to, obviously, finish in the top four. But, obviously, I didn't expect this start to the season. Um, the new signers just came in and been great, obviously, Obviously, we've seen obviously over the weekend and, and everything. So, yeah, all we need is this Martinelli to run at Trent because that guy can't defend. So, he usually he usually gives causes him problems anyway, doesn't he? So, yeah, this is the best chance. I think I think yeah, we can get a result against you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be quite. I think we might get a two-one win against you. I think you'll score, but I, th- I think yeah, the, the way we're playing at the moment, uh, yeah, everyone's confident. The whole team's together, and yeah, I'll just have to add. So far this season. Jack has probably been one of our best players. I don't think anyone would have ever thought I would ever say those words out of my mouth, but I, I, he's, he's playing in a more a bit of a more advanced role because obviously he's not a defensive midfielder. And yeah, he's 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 been he's been great this season. I, I know he's been there, he's been there for about six seven years. So yeah, if he can if he can get one good season out of him, or if he can continue this up, then I might try and forgive him. But it's just what he's done in the past is in the past now. So yeah, if you can keep that up, then yeah. Um, we should be able to do well this season because in the Europa League we're playing our second string squad so you know we're not playing the same team so yeah I reckon we can get a result against you this weekend Yeah I think we watched I watched the pretty much most of the, se- the second half and about I'd say 20 minutes of the first half and yeah, that defence worries me now because you know since Van Dijk's come in our defence has been rock solid but he looks mm. way off at this season um, Trent, I've said it before. I, I I really want to see a three four three and have you know Trent as the wing back and have you know Matip Canate when he's back as well as Van Dijk. I think that will help a lot of things defensively, um, and that will keep the front three. And I think uh, Trossard obviously got a hat trick and he's always given us problems. I think he scored one or two goals last year as well. Actually, when we were both me and Ryan in Dortmund. Um, but yeah, Jonathan, I want to get your thoughts on this because for me, watching as a fan. Players don't seem to have the same energy. The the sort of, it feel, feels very similar to what happened two years ago. And I don't know whether it's down. We can't blame the fact that the season was so short between the two because every team's had that. But I do worry about the amount of games we had last year, playing every game, coming so close to literally um, immortality. Um, I think maybe the, the the two losses have maybe impacted us, or maybe the the. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on, but um, as an outsider, not a fan watching in Liverpool games, Jonathan, what, what's your been take on a side who currently sits in ninth position despite being 20 minutes away from winning the league last year? 
I think the squad is is aging a little bit. I think it needs not a complete revamping, but definitely a lot of midfield help. And and I don't think it's any singular problem. I think Salah's been off at this year. Van Dyke, Alexander Arnold, Henderson's getting old. Uh, injuries are are consistent throughout the defense and the midfield, especially in the defense as we've we've seen in the last year or two, and so. Liverpool have a fairly new-ish sporting director in town, so this this isn't his team. He's going to have a lot on his plate to to try and turn this around, and and I obviously don't think the answer is is just sacking Jurgen Klopp. That's that's a unfortunate thing in the world of football that whenever a team gets in a, a bad stretch of games, it's the first thought is always, oh, let's sack a manager, even if he's completely changed the face and the perception of the club from, from the outside. So uh, it's, it's clearly not the manager's fault. I just think the team needs some fre- fresh blood, especially in that midfield. Um, and, and personally, I haven't seen that much of Liverpool. I haven't watched every game this season, but I have watched highlights of every game. and I've seen several 90 minute performances this season. Is it, is it bad for me to say that, I think Simikas should get more of a chance on the left. I'm not saying he's better than Robertson, but I'm just saying Robertson's getting up there. He's clearly not showing the form that he once had, especially creating chances going forward. Um, maybe we could see more of Simikas within these next few weeks and, and see what happens on the left because there's just not much going on there from what it seems. Yeah, I it's I, I wouldn't put down to Robertson. I think he's probably been probably the best of the four. I don't think Van Dyke's been great. Matt has been actually probably the best, actually thinking about it. But Trent's been off it defensively, yeah. been still the same in some way going forward. Scored a great goal midweek, actually. Um but yeah, I just think that it's almost like Arsenal Liverpool swapped swap <laughs> swapped teams because Arsenal are buying well, you know. Come in, you know, players you bought and done really well for you. Jesus has been one of the signings of the season, probably second to Haaland. And then we bought Nunes, and so far he's looked really bad. So, um, albeit he did play well on Wednesday. And also, obviously, we're ninth in your first, which is, I've not seen that in a long time. Normally, it's um, a mind of the sort of the, the Wenger days, you know, when you're winning league. Yeah, it's a real shame I still have any confidence we'll turn it around. I think that, you know, maybe we'll buy something in January. Maybe we'll just, like what happened a couple of years ago, we'll find our feet and eventually get going. But the other team's doing well. You know, Brighton had a great start. I don't think that will last. You know, Chelsea, Man U, you know, Newcastle up there. And I think Fulham are eight, which I completely forgot about. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a very competitive league this year. And I think the top four race is definitely our aim and definitely where we're sort of targeting this year. And I think that is going to be... Um, it's going to be an interesting season. and I'm worried that if we don't get top four, no Bellingham, basically. So I think that should, that should be um, a reason alone to sort of to get top four because I think Bellingham would go to us, have more chance of going to us if, you know, he he was playing in a Champions League side. So, yeah, fingers he's crossed. A, he's an interesting one, though, Bellingham, isn't it? Because I, I saw a report the other day that um, Liverpool won a four clubs sort of seriously interested in trying to make moves for him now. I think Chelsea, uh, Real Madrid and I can't remember the other one were all, were, were all in the sort of same boat and um, I think I actually saw that Real Madrid were, 
were now the favourites to get him. I don't know why they would need another centre midfielder. Um, but he he changes Liverpool mm. completely. You know, I watched him last night uh, score a, a, a brilliant goal um, against Sevilla, and he makes it look effortlessly easy. And he's such a such a talent, and he would he he, he does he. It doesn't have the Haaland effect for Liverpool because he obviously doesn't score the same amount of goals, but it won't be far off that in terms of what he would do to that to that Liverpool squad. So I think it's a solid that they have to absolutely make. Yeah, I agree. I think he is for me. He's a clear replacement for Henderson. I think that he's first of all good friends with him, so I think that will hopefully help. You know, coming in, I think that we just need someone to feel because. You know, Henderson's show this year, he's not been the same. Milner, I personally don't know how he's still getting games, particularly at fullback. I don't know why he was brought on to play fullback on the weekend, just gone. Um, and I think Bellingham, the age he's at, obviously being English makes it more expensive, but I think for me, absolutely worth it. Um, in terms of the upcoming fixtures, we obviously we already mentioned um Little Arsenal with one game to look at for this weekend. Um, another game I want to focus on really is um, Everton Manu because these games are always good. I mean, you always get, um, in recent years, really throughout my whole life, there's always been a cracker between these, particularly Goodison Park. There always seems to be a good game there. So I think that could be a good game. I think Everton, you know, they got a win against all bit of Southampton, but they'll be confident from that. And Manu, I know they lost against City, but they've been really good before that game. They did one goal in four games. So I think that'll be good. Um, Bournemouth Leicester is interesting because Leicester got a big win against Forest to look really bad. And I think it'll be interesting to see how Leicester bounce back from that win and hopefully they can build on that and get another win against a Bournemouth side that are getting results but not looking convincing. But in the third game I want to focus on is Brighton against Tottenham. Uh Brighton currently sit in fourth position. Spurs in third. Um so if Brighton win that game, they will go um level points with Spurs, and if they win by two goals, they'll go above them on goal difference. And, you know, that'll, that'll probably mean they'll be still, what's it, six points behind City. But I think to be in third place after eight games would be a tremendous achievement for Brighton. And in for Spurs, how they react from a disappointing loss? Um, they'll be hoping to get back to winning ways. I think another loss, you know, that could be uh, worrying for Spurs fans. Or, but I think that they'll be absolutely fine. I do think Spurs win this game. But I just think that another loss, with the way modern football is, you never know what will happen around the corner. So... Yeah, a lot of games look forward to in the Premier League and I think that it's going to be you know, nerve-wracking for me on a Sunday and for obviously Naeem and Ryan as well. I do sadly think we'll lose that game. I think Arsenal's form is too good and our form is too bad for us not to win. So I do fear that we're going to lose that game and with Martinelli up against, you know, up against Trent as Naeem was saying and, you know, Van Dijk in his current form up against, you know, a player that does so well off the ball in Jesus. I think it's a worry, uh, but that is all to come. So we now move to our penultimate league, which is the Bundesliga. So, Jonathan, all yours. I first want to talk about the big news from this week, which Leverkusen finally fired Gerardo Cioane after a horrendous start to the season, to say the least. Leverkusen have one league win in eight matches to begin the campaign, which for a club in the Champions League that should be in the top four, every single year is um, horrific to say the least. So I'm surprised they didn't fire him during the international break to get a new coach in, but they finally did it after the Porto match on Tuesday. Xabi Alonso 
who's never coached a first-team club in his managerial career. He's only coached Real Madrid's U13s, as well as Real Sociedad's B team. Um, so this is a big appointment to all of a sudden go to a Champions League club immediately as your first job in Europe's top five. Pretty amazing, but he's got some great accolades coming with him. Obviously, he had an incredible playing career. Pep, Carlo Ancelotti, Louis Garcia have said in interviews in the past that, you know, if there's ever going to be a guy who's going to be that next great manager, it's going to be Xavi Alonso. So clearly has the belief. I know for you, Andy, some Liverpool fans may be hoping that if all goes to plan, he'll be – Jurgen Klopp's successor one day. So we'll see what happens there. But Leverkusen, if the season were to end today, would be relegated straight from the Bundesliga, which is unlikely to happen. But they've dug themselves such a big hole uh, at this point in the season that uh, it's going to take a miracle, even with 26 games left, to get back into those top four. That's how bad uh, of a place they're in right now. They sit with Bochum who also have a new coach in Thomas Leitch. We all said before the season they would get relegated. I still believe they will. Uh, they pretty much accepted before the season that they were going to go down and sold off all their best players. Uh, and to continue on to up the table, Bayern are improving after four draws in a row, which in a row in league play, which they haven't done in, in forever, it seems like. They finally destroyed Leverkusen for nothing um, this past weekend. And now they have their classicer this weekend against Dortmund, which is by far the biggest game of the season thus far. Dortmund, after losing to Cologne last weekend, just throwing away three points left and light, right per usual. They beat Sevilla midweek. Uh, it's going to be a big game. I still think Bayern in the end will get past everybody in the table for their 11th straight Bundesliga title. As Freiburg and Union Berlin, who currently sit 1-2, play 13 games in the next six weeks, which for the squad depths that they both currently have is, is absolutely ludicrous before the World Cup begins. So Bayern will still win the league, I believe. But uh, yeah, there's, it's always quite a fun, interesting start to the season every year in the Bundesliga with at least one or two coaches fired that, that you wouldn't have predicted before the season began. Yeah, and I think I still did tweet about it this morning, um, was the fact that I think Alonso, you could generally be, everyone for years has been saying, oh, Gerard's going to replace him. I mean, I hope Klopp never leave. If he is going to leave, I don't think that it could be Alonso over Gerard. I think Gerard has done well in Scotland, but he's not, he's done, he's not okay, but he's not done amazing at Aston Villa so far. And I think that, you know, I, I was told, I got told years ago that apparently everyone thought when Steve Bruce became manager for the first time of a club, they thought he was going to be Fergie's replacement. And that turned out to be the worst thing they could have done if they'd replaced him with Fergie with Steve Bruce. So I think, albeit he's not yet had a job yet, it's his first real job, Alonso. I think that he's got the, I think he's got all the credentials in terms of, so I, think, I think he can do it. But I think, I think if he does well and Steven Gerald does get sacked from Villa, which I do sadly think will happen at some point, um, that Alonso, he could be the guy to replace him. And everyone keeps mentioning this Klopp seven-year thing, which is ridiculous. But if he's going to leave this season, which I don't want to happen, I don't think will. But if he is going to leave in the next two years and Alonso does well at Sociedad, no, at Leverkusen, then, um, yeah, I do think that, you know, he could be he could be the guy. Um, but moving on to our final league, we mentioned Xavi Alonso. It was a perfect segue 
to the Spanish league. So, Naeem, our final league, all yours. So, yeah, I'm going to start off with the first game last weekend. Athletic Club, they took on Almira. Uh, obviously, Athletic, Athletic Club, they've been they've gone off to a great start this season. They won 4-0. Um, pretty, pretty straightforward win. Both the Williams brothers got on the score sheet again. Um, it's good to see. Uh, elsewhere, Real Madrid, they dropped points at home to Osasuna, who also have had a good start to the season. Uh, they had many, plenty of chances with Real Madrid at home. Uh, Vinicius Junior scored scored a good goal. Don't know whether it was a cross or a shot, but you know it still went in. The Osasuna did equalise, but Real Madrid did get a penalty in the last uh, last twenty minutes of the game. Uh, Benzema was pushed down in the box, and it was a straight red card. Obviously, Benzema he took the penalty, hit the crossbar. Uh, not not the greatest greatest of um, penalties. He did a couple minutes later put the ball in the back of the net, but he was ruled off offside with a quite tight decision. But obviously, it was offside in the end. So they've Real Madrid have obviously dropped points for the first time this season, drawing their first game. They're obviously on a six-game winning run. Barcelona they got a narrow one-nil away win against Mallorca. Uh, Lewandowski on the score sheet once again for Barcelona. Obviously, he's their top goal scorer. Elsewhere. Atletico Madrid, they took on Sevilla away from home and they rounded out two nil winners. Uh, Sevilla obviously off to the worst start to the season in, oh, I couldn't tell you how long it how long it was, but they lost two nil at home. And then obviously they lost again last night, which obviously was the, um, was obviously Loptigi's last game in charge. He got sacked. They have obviously appointed a new manager, um, Jorge Sampaoli. He did manage a club back in the 2016-17 season. Um, his last club was Marseille. He done quite well with them last season. Second place in the league. Got them to the Conference League semi-final as well. So, yeah, good to see what he can do in the second stint. They're, they're 10 points off of the top four places at the moment. So, they've got quite a lot to do. But, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we can, we'll see what he can do um, this time around. Because uh, they're always a consistent top four team. So, they're always getting into the Champions League. But... By the looks of it, they might drop down to the Europa League, but we shall see. Elsewhere, I'll probably say the game of the weekend was between Girona and Real Sociedad. The final score of that game was 5-3. They went 1-0 down in the first couple of minutes. Girona, but they did manage to make it 2-2-1. But in the end, Real Sociedad, their quality was just too much. And yeah, they won 5-3. Some good goals in that game as well. But yeah, it was just a result I wasn't really expecting. from them, but you do get those freak results here and there. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what has been going on this weekend. A uh, couple games to look out for this weekend: Osasuna versus Valencia. That's tomorrow's night's game. Usually, the Friday night games they do produce quite a lot of goals. Osasuna and Valencia have they've started off quite well this season. So yeah, if obviously Osasuna do win, they'll temporarily go up to fourth place before we see the weekend action. Valencia, if they win. They'll go into sixth place, obviously, where Osasuna currently land. Second game will be Sevilla against Athletic Club. That is on the Saturday at half five. Obviously, San Paoli's first game. It'll be, it'll be good to see if he can get off to a winning, winning start. But obviously, the informed team, Athletic Club, they come into town, obviously, trying, trying to cement their place in the top four. They currently lie third in the league. And then the last game... This game's on Sunday at half five. It is Real Sociedad against Villarreal. Uh, obviously, Villarreal, they currently 
um, remain eighth in the league, while Real Sociedad are seventh in the league. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be a good game to look out for. And then, yeah, that's pretty much what has been going on this weekend. So, just to tell you, in the bottom three, Elche remain rock bottom with one point, still not got um, any wins this season. Nineteenth place of Cadiz with four points, and Almera there are eight occupying the last relegation spot with four points. Also, Sevilla they they're above them with five points um, after only one win this season. So going going up to the top of the table in the Conference League spot in sixth place is Osasuna. Atletico Madrid have moved up to fifth place, level in points with Osasuna. Obviously, there's a better goal difference uh, on thirteen points as well. Fourth place is Real Betis. They obviously lost on the weekend, but they still remain fourth with 15 points. Athletic Club are third with 16 points. And Real Madrid, they've obviously been knocked down temporarily to second place because of goal difference. They are on 19 points. And top spot is Barcelona, who have only conceded one goal so far this season. And weekend after next is El Clasico. So, yeah, going into that game, I... I reckon probably both of them will be level in points. So, yeah, that's going to be a very tasty affair. Um, yeah, Barcelona doing doing all right so far in the league this season. So, it's going to be out of them too for the title. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. Yeah, we, we, we've in previous years, in two years we've done this podcast, there's never really been an exciting title race really that I can remember, unless I'm completely wrong, the year before last. But, obviously, Barcelona, Madrid, you mentioned before, they're level on points. Um, and also Atletico Bilbao were like really only three points behind as well with Betis not far off as well so do you think we could see like like the old days in terms of a title race that goes down to the wire involving the two big clubs in Spain? I think it can yeah because you know they've both got the same record this season obviously women did have shipped in conceded seven goals so far this season so you know, the defence is well, defence on paper it looks great, but you know, they are conceding goals. Obviously, Courtois is out injured as well. So obviously he's he's a quite a big miss in that back. Um obviously in in, in defence for them, obviously being in goal, you know, he's a great shot stopper. Um obviously he was mad, pre- pretty much man in a match in that Champions League final, obviously a couple of months ago. But yeah, I reckon there would be a title race this season. Obviously, this is Chavi's first full season in charge. Um he's got a few players in that he wanted as well. Um you know they've got rid of a few players that they don't need, and yeah, I think he he done well. He done well when he came in last season. So yeah, I think it's just yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a proper title race this season. I'm hoping because uh, obviously last season Real Madrid did walk away with a bit with it, but yeah, Barcelona they they recruited well in the summer and they've got off to a great start. You know, conceding only one goal that you know just shows how great their defense has been. So yeah, I reckon we'll have a good title race this season. And Atletico Bilbao, um, they'll probably do. They probably will do well this season. Um, they haven't got any European European football to obviously play, so they're only playing one game a week. And yeah, if they can keep this form up, then you never know. They could replace Sevilla in that uh, fourth Champions League spot. But yeah, so far so good. It's been quite quite tight in the league so far this season. I'm hoping it stays that way. Yeah, and there's even talk I saw recently that Messi might go back next summer to PS to PSG to Barcelona from PSG. So I think that if that does happen, I think that will be even more exciting for fans to watch Barcelona. <laughs> but that is the end of our weekly podcast. So thank you, everyone, for listening in. And, of course, you guys for all being part of the podcast as well. So I've been Andy. This has been Ryan. This has been Naeem and Jonathan. And we will see you guys 
next time. <laughs>